0: hallelujah now we there are a few things that we need to establish this morning we began yesterday by introducing the basics of what it means to walk in the spirit we saw in the discourse that Jesus and Nicodemus had how that the flesh and the spirit are not compatible The natural realm and the spiritual realm are not compatible the senses in the natural with which we relate to our natural environment is different from the set of senses with which we relate with our spiritual environment and we must gain mastery In the use of our spiritual senses because the intention of God is that he wants to advance us across pathways what you call your destiny is actually a pathway in the spirit and that's where we're going but in order for us to fully understand the context of the pathways that God will have us walk. The fundamentals must be in place. We must understand how we are navigated across the spiritual paths. And that navigation is under the um, the auspices of a tour guide. The tour guide is the Holy Spirit, and his method of navigation is that he uses our spiritual senses to give us insight into the spiritual pathway if you're still with me say amen so we saw that in the spirit we have the sense of knowing the sense of knowing say kind of knowing that we receive not because we are instructed not because we are taught it's a kind of knowing that you don't learn it's a knowing that comes because it's handed out from god hallelujah so if you are asked to explain how come you know this there is no logical way to explain a spiritual knowing but if you know god at all you will know that the difference between life and death most times is in knowing we also saw yesterday that it's possible for you to touch in the spirit because jesus asked who touched me? Who touched me? I've been in meetings before where I came to preach. I had a message that was given to me from God. I prayed through and I had an insight into what to expect in the meeting. And then suddenly somebody walks into that meeting. And the person comes with mighty expectation and great faith. And then suddenly the message that God gave me for the meeting can no longer hold in that meeting. Just because one person comes into that meeting and the person touches God and is expectant from the preacher. And then there's a whole shift, the whole of heaven moves and there's a realignment in order to accommodate the desperation of that person. And then suddenly the message that you have cooked up, you have worked upon, doesn't seem to have the stature to deliver God's perspective for the day. That just took place because... A touch came in. Now, when the Bible says, Believe in the Lord thy God, so shall you be established. Believe also in his prophets, so shall you prosper. Now, the person came into the service with strange faith in God and also expecting that God will use his servant as a channel to reach out to him. The uh, the whole of heaven moved. Uh, The orientation pattern shifted. The emphasis, the present revelation position in the spirit also shifted. Now, if you are a textbook preacher and a pastor, you will go with your old message. And according to God's evaluation of that service, God was ready to leave every other person in that service to reach that one person that came because the person fulfilled his requirement for encounter. So the service had to take a model, a fashion that had an emphasis on the person in view. Now, So everything has to shift. The whole of heaven has shifted. The alignment pattern has shifted. And all of that is taking place just because somebody has achieved a touch. Now, you know, in that crowd where everybody was moving with Jesus, so many people were touching him physically. But you see, the whole parade and procession was uttered and the emphasis of the entire procession became one woman. That's how God operates. And so if you can establish a touch, a you can change God's agenda. Angels can be flying over the city to go bring deliverance to some people in just you know the bible says that the mention of the name of jesus every niche about that is to say that if you actually make contact with the heavens you can those angels are on errand somewhere but because you engage a spiritual principle you can actually make them minister to you here do you understand (laughs) they are not assigned to you they are going to operate somewhere but they pass through your spiritual territory and they Implication of the first field of your spiritual life Affected them They were compelled by reason Of the wisdom and the justice of God To minister to you Even though they were not assigned to you That's what happens when A man can afford An opportunity to touch God Now touching God In this context is not physical touch You know yesterday I gave us an opportunity to touch God Alright the climate. And I said, when you are touching God, you need to grow in your knowledge of God. So, don't just say, hey, he touched me. No. What? Which part of him touched you? So, somehow, in my own work with God, I've come to discern what part of God touches me. When he touches me. Because, His touch is not the same all the time. I know when I'm touching his jaw. And that jaw is a strength for my spirit. You can go to a night vigil. hmm, And pray all night. And I am on my bed. You you can come back from your night vigil and I might be stronger than you. In as much as we believe in prayers and night vigil. But you see, the point is this. You might have gone to the night vigil and you interceded and all of that. I stayed at home on my bed and slept. and maybe woke up by 5 a.m. That time you had finished your own night vision. And then the Holy Ghost was excited. I just noticed that he was excited and he was full of joy. And then he now dropped a song in my spirit. Now, if he drops a song in your spirit, it means he wants to share his joy with you. And maybe it's your night vigil that made him joyful. And then he came to share his joy with me. He now dropped a song. And now I wake up and I begin to sing this song. I release myself to the song. And the song takes me for about one hour, 40 minutes. You went for night vigil, I sang a song. Then we now go out for evangelism. We now meet practical issues. That means the intervention of God. All these things I'm operating I'm operating on the resources of your prayer. You created that opening, that orchestrated the encounter me I'm having. You, you are not with me. See, if you understand the concept of spiritual touch, somebody can pray, but you will walk in the effect of the prayer. You don't need to. You must not be the one paying the price. But if you understand these things, you can enter into people's prizes and take... You must not be the one to pay the price. So if you understand it, you can enter into people's prayer, the effect of people's prayer. Somebody can come now and lead praise and worship. The person is very, very tuned to God. And because of that praise and worship, I touch God. Now, after touching God, I can take advantage of the person's anointing and preach. You will think I'm the one that paid the price. If you know how to touch God, you can feel some things in the spirit realm and enter into some things. Even if you have not paid the price. See, in the spirit realm, hear me, it's not by power. Not by mind, if you know the Holy Ghost and you know how to touch Him and know how to relate with the touch that He's bringing, you can enter into things that you have not paid for, you can enter into things that you have not prayed for and paid for. Now, this is by no means trying to make you feel good if you are not having a strong prayer life anyway. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you know, I'm not into full time ministry because if I were in full time ministry. I would have been praying, there would have been a prayer schedule I have been operating on. I work in the office and all of that. But I still need to keep up spiritually. Do you understand my challenge? Maybe there's somebody here that may be working in the bank and you say, okay, you are so tied down and you cannot maintain your prayer life. It's not true. I work harder than you do. But... In order for me to survive, God has taught me a few spiritual lessons. How to take, I, you can pray, I can enter into your prayer. You just prayed now. So I came and sat down. I was trying to touch what you were producing. So, Pastor, don't have to say, why not go and start teaching and say, hold on. Let's touch what this man is creating. Hold on, just hold on. And then when I touched it I'm going to fulfill the anointing you created This morning This one is not meal I'm running on your scale Most of you don't know how to touch things You come into a place and there's witchcraft You should touch it
1: You
0: should touch it When they give you water there, don't drink Don't take from that environment The environment is accursed It's polluted Don't take from the environment But you can talk, talk to people You can do. Don't take from the environment Now, so you can actually touch spiritual things. Because we are careless and our spiritual senses, we don't depend on them. But you depend on your natural senses. When you take something and you smell it and say, oh, this is rotting, you won't eat. Because your natural senses have educated you otherwise. But spiritually, we don't do the same spiritually. Now, if you notice that maybe your husband or your children fall sick. Frequently. One sickness, another sickness, and there's a cycle of sicknesses that you have to deal with. There's a pollution somewhere. Alright? There's a pollution. That should take you into prayer and fasting. God will show you what is polluted that is creating that situation. Now, So it's possible for you to touch... Please help me tell your neighbor it's not by power it's not by might it's by the spirit of god was going to preach in a meeting i was supposed to be there for like seven days prayed 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 i couldn't enter into the realm i couldn't enter into the realm i couldn't break forth no message nothing so i just came for the meeting when i landed at the airport The people felt, oh my God, I was loaded. I I was empty. But they didn't know. So we went for the meeting. Great number of people. And I stood there and somebody sang a song. And he opened something and I touched it. And I knew what opened. And I entered into it. And I continued like that for seven days. The place, it turned into something else. It was something that somebody opened. You must not... It's not by power. If you know how to touch things and feel things in the spirit, you can enter into things very easily. And the sense of touch in the spirit is one of the most. For me, I use that. That is a sense of my advantage. Because of that sense, I have advantage. Because of that sense, even if I don't have energy in my spirit, I can still do things that are strong hallelujah and that's why i don't like preaching first and i don't like coming late for a meeting because the person that has the anointing to open the meeting might be the person that led prayer then he opens it and i see ah sense of touch have you ever slept before and in your dream somebody touched you and you felt it in the natural That's never happened to you. Something was happening in your dream and it was as if it was real. <laughs> you knew they touched you. Do you know that a lot of witchcraft bondages have begun that way? A circle of events began to take place just because somebody. How come you knew that you were touched? It's because there's a spiritual sense of what? Now, once and again, you will see this kind of stuff in Scripture. Jesus sitting to teach so many people gathering around him. And then the Bible now says, And the, present, the power of the Lord was present to him. Now, see, there are different kinds of presence. You know, most of us, we come and say, The presence of the Lord is here. It's not complete. What kind of presence is it? So the kind of presence that was present that day was the, the, the power of the Lord to what? To heal. It's a different kind of presence. And it's true. When you come, your spirit comes in contact with it, through the operation of discernment, you know what kind of presence came in. Hallelujah. Let me stop there. I don't want to go for that. There are some advanced ways by which we can detect the sense of touch. Some advanced ways. Those ones are not basic. They are advanced, so I don't want to talk about them. Alright? If we enter into a territory, possibly for a crusade, a rural place, and on this my right, this one is, is advanced. It may not help you. If on this, my right leg, I start feeling weak on this right leg. Eh? It's indicative that is, this one is experiential. It, is, it took long for me to know this one. And it's peculiar to me. It's not basic. It may be peculiar to me. If on this right leg, I begin to feel weak, then what God is telling me is that this place, there are many demons of witchcraft that operate in this place. That suggests that before we go for that crusade, we need to pray much more than we have prayed to penetrate the cluster of demons that have covered that land. Now, what happened is that as I stood there, God allowed me to touch what is in the place. And he gave me a sign about it. Touch in the spirit is critical. If you don't have that sense functional and sharpened in your life, you can go and eat from a place where you were not supposed to eat. And then you pick up a sickness that the doctor cannot diagnose. If you are still with me, say amen. Now, this evening, after the teaching this evening, I'm going to pray so that your senses will pop up. It's not every kind of business you should be involved with you should know if a business will prosper or not before you start if your senses are quickened and are sharpened hallelujah now the more common ones john chapter 5 turn your bible the more common senses we need to Hallelujah. For the Father loved the Son, verse 20, and showed him all things that he himself doeth. Now, are you sure that God loves you? Does He? Are you sure of that? It has come to you as a revelation that you is settled in your heart that God loves you. No matter what happens, you are sure of God's love. Because what facilitates the operation of the sense of sight is that the father loveth the son. So that is to say that for everybody that God loves, one of the ways he shows his love is that he gives you spiritual sight. For the father loveth the son and he what? Showeth him all things that he doeth. So if God loves all of us here the love of God should be manifested in this wise. Not only in this wise but this is one of the ways that the love of God is manifested. God takes it upon himself to show us, to quicken our sense of sight so that we can see things through the Holy Ghost. Now this was Jesus' secret of signs and wonders. Let's read on and he will show him greater works than these that he may mother. For as the Father raised up the dead and quickened them, even so the Son quickened whom he will. Hallelujah. So Jesus' ministry of signs and wonders was based upon the operation of the sense of sight. I was ministering. Two weeks ago in Port Harcourt. I had finished preaching and I sat down. Then they said I should come out and pray for the coppers that batch A is it batch A they call it now? I don't know that were passing out. So when I came there, as I stood, suddenly I felt that the anointing shifted and I felt that it was a prophetic anointing that opened. And through that anointing, I wanted to know. You see, even if the prophetic grace is upon you and you don't want to know, you will not know. But you now desire to know. Okay, Lord, uh, yes, I see the anointing. I want to know now. Then it will begin to open. Strange things began to open in that place. Strange things. And while I was ministering and things were opening, deep secrets were coming out. Like that, like that. So the man that was carrying following me with the mic and i said okay i asked him if he was seeing the angel that was flying in between me and him i thought it was physical that people the young man was blind now if if your your sense of sight is only these eyes you are blind it was during the administration that god now said okay take your the water that they gave me to drink for refreshment. Say said, take that water. And then sprinkle it. So I said, okay, uh, I didn't bring this water from where I came from. I brought it. You people gave me. They said, yes, thank you." I said, okay, let's test it. So I went to the choir and I, I sprinkled it and the whole place scattered. Now, it, I was seeing the things I was doing before I did them. Jesus said, Just like the father quickens the dead so there were visions of the father that he saw before his eyes and he will see those visions play out the things in the spirit realm he will not copy in the natural in a meeting you are not supposed to lay hands on everybody but you can lay hands on the people that the father is laying hands on if you do that there'll be manifestations but if you move out of line and you now say because there's so much anointing you want to You are out of context. You are in the flesh at that point. There are levels to which you climb in the spirit that if you move out of the spirit's guidance and you enter into the flesh, the presence of God will just diminish. Those angels will just... Now, so the spiritual senses are very important. sight is a is a prime sense a prime sense that facilitates the command of miracles of science of literal wonders sight and the operating system that powers the manifestation of spiritual sight is that the father loves so I'm confident of, are you confident of God's love for your life? I know you have some challenges and none of that. But has the revelation of God's love inside of your spirit grown beyond your challenges? If it has not grown beyond your challenges, then you're, you will be blind. Hallelujah. Now, so we must understand the significance of spiritual senses. As a navigator moves us through the realm of the spirit, because I said that the spirit realm is like a wilderness. There are several people that moved into the spirit realm. I mean, church people. That moved into the spirit realm without the guidance of the navigator and they encountered demons. Are you aware of that? Yes. You're not aware of it? That some people went for fasting. 77 days for fasting. And then they met with demons and demons spoke with them. And their life now became bent from that point. It was because they were not doing it under the influence of the navigator. The Holy Ghost is the only one that knows the pathways of the Spirit and He's going to guide you there. Alright? You know, the Bible says that when the Spirit of Truth is come, that he will, he will guide you into all reality. And so that's how it works. He, he guides you. You know what it means to guide someone? Obviously, if you are guiding me, you are going to be ahead of me or something. So the spiritual senses becomes the basis upon which He shows you where He's walking so that you can set your foot in the same places. But if you want to initiate emotion by yourself, it is likely that you come in contact with demons. There are times like that, that the Holy Ghost is the one that quickens you. If you are going to fast more than 21 days, you need to be led to do that. You can decide to fast for 7 days, for 14 days, all by yourself. I want to love God, I want to know God. But if it's going to go beyond 21 days, you need to be led to do that i know your neighbor didn't hear so please help me preach to your neighbor tell your neighbor that you have liberty to fast to 10 days liberty to fast for 14 days liberty to fast for 21 days but if you are going to go beyond 21 days you must be led to do that and after that you are led you are going to submit that to the spiritual leadership that you, you subscribe to. You have to inform such a personality that, see, I feel like going on a 40 day fast. And if it's me, you ask, I'll ask you, why? What are you looking for? What is it? Maybe you have heard one of my tapes and you, you heard that I said that I fasted for almost one year. I was late. Okay? Okay, you want to ask a question? Uh, so, uh, you know, those days, we don't have the knowledge we have now. So, a lot of things that we did in error, God had mercy on us. But you see, we understand better now. And so, we are, we are, we are redeeming our error by instructing people accurately. Are you stay with me if you need to go beyond 21 days you need to involve the spiritual personality that you are submitted to this is what i want to do then i ask why do you want to do it then you explain okay this thing that you want to do this reason that you have for wanting to do this it's not sufficient for you to go beyond 21 days so go and do 21 days and remain there because if you are going to go beyond that point there must be a leading There must be a leading. And if there's no leading, it means you are pushing yourself into the spirit realm without the help of the guide, the tall guide. The navigator. It means you are going to embrace, you will see many th- that realm is like a wilderness. There's a there, there's all kinds of things are there. But you see, he's not taking you everywhere in the realm. He's taking you through the pathway. There's a pathway. And mind you, if you're You have a ministry, and you're seeing the supernatural signs and wonders are taking place. Don't, in fact, sign it now. Write it in your book and sign it that I will live my life for God forever. Because have you ever seen that a place where there was a revival, and then the revival went down? Do you know what happens next? Demons come because they say this is a likely threat. This territory is a likely; it holds a likely potential of threat. So demons will come and fortify it seriously. Any man that has worked with God that falls out of the grace of God. Oh my. Malako Masayemo. his case, we can only describe it in tongues. <laughs> Just tell your neighbor, hold on, man. The devil will make sure that the poverty that will strike you, you will be, you will be embarrassed about your life. He will cripple you and put you under lock and key, so that the possibility of of judging God faithful eh, doesn't exist for you. You know, we hear songs like, you are the God of the second chance, and you think you have liberty. People that know the truth know there's nothing like that. Because if there's something like that, um, Esau would have gotten the bet right back. If there's something like that, then by a miracle, God would have called all the particles of the tablets of stone that Moses broke to have just come back through signs and wonders. Don't deceive yourself. The tablet that Moses used his own hand to write is not the same like the one that God wrote with his own hand. How I wish the tablets that God used his hand to write are the ones that are in Jerusalem. Till today, it will still be beaming with fire. No, anything that God does has an eternal scope. Oh, you don't understand it. If it's God that, that did it. It's because it's man that did it, that's why. It will still be growing with life today. In the Middle East, it would have been easy to know that Jehovah is God. If those tablets were still there. The one we have there, a man wrote on it. It's not God that wrote. God has a rescue and a recovery plan for you if you miss God. Eh? But that rescue and recovery plan is nothing compared to your original destiny that you left. So you must hold on to what God is doing in your life tenaciously. Don't think that there's another thing outside of what God is doing now in your life. So you're looking for the new thing. No. No God. Many times like that, there are waves and heights. And God is not in it. See people, young people, especially young people, running from here to here. But there's no substance in their pursuit. Because the Holy Ghost is not factored in it. Have you not seen all kinds of moves? You are a medical student, you have been around there. Everybody moving like that, but they didn't, anything that doesn't stem out of deep roots with God doesn't have any destiny to sustain. There are many churches in this town that are built out of hype. You are not aware. It's 10 years. 10 years. Just be calm. 10 years, some Hype, you are seeing, all right, in this city. It, by itself, I'm not saying a demon will invade. It can't survive anything born of the flesh, it can't survive 10 years. Hallelujah. The only thing that has the capacity to survive is that which has its roots in God. And so there's no shortcut to this matter. Your spiritual senses must be developed. And one of the most significant senses that we have available to us in Christ Jesus, facilitated and powered by the love of God, is the sense of sight. Hallelujah. The sense of sight. The sense of sight grows. Just like everything that is from God is as deep as God. Are you with me? The gift of word of knowledge from God is as deep as God. You can see people call phone numbers with the gift of word of knowledge. That's not the end of the gift. There's still deeper dimensions of that gift that surpasses that level. Because everything that comes from God is what? It's as deep as what? God. It's inexhaustible. Now, in my own experience of sight, first of all, it began like pictures, a flash (laughs) will come like that, and then I will see a picture. So I, I that I experienced that for a long time. Then it came to a point where it's not like a video. A video I, I see there are movements I can hear discussions my guy video are you with me now video then this one doesn't happen very often but it's the most graphic one this one has a screen It's a screen of fire hallelujah normally when the screen appears it stays more than one hour Runs for like one hour, two hours, that's when God shows me the future. It comes in a screen, a screen of fire. The frame of the screen is fire, and it shows me those visions and it runs like that for hours. Are you with me? Now, so what I'm saying is this everything from God that is activated and powered by God is as deep as God. The the experience that you have now is not the end of that reality. Okay? Yes, and that's why I know that to, I'm an instructor of God's people. That's what I'm called to do. I know that God will raise people through my instruction that i more anointed than myself. Because I'm not the end of the syllabus. Jesus is actually the syllabus. And Jesus being enter- eternal has no end. I'm an instructor. And God can use me to raise a man that will operate in deeper dimensions of God much more than I have ever experienced. So it's not about me. But the point is this we are just putting the basics on the ground so that everyone can find himself in God and know how to interact and interface with the spiritual. Life. If you are still here, say amen. amen. How many of you have experienced that uh, snapshot? Snapshot experience that I said, like the flash of a camera. did you know it was your spiritual eyes that opened bro were you aware now i need a microphone please help me i need to help people understand their experiences because that is one of the job of the instructor the grace that is upon the instructor takes him into deep spiritual reality so that he can help people coming to spiritual e- experiences to identify the things that they are experiencing under the hand of god yes the brother with white shirt not you the one the other one there you said you are used to the snapshot experiences
2: yes sir it uh, comes spot. it's not awful awful
0: no you don't you are not the one that regulates the frequency <laughs> God is king. Alright? Understand that. You know, the, I know a young man, he went to pray for a cripple or a sick person and that person now didn't wake, didn't, didn't get healed, the person now died. And he now said he won't preach again. And then demons, were, he didn't know demons were waiting for him to get discouraged, And they, they injected him with Until And till today, he can, the anointing refused to come. Now, evangelists, I don't hear people. I didn't say I hear people. Jesus is the healer. And I, I don't, I'm not a secretary that schedules him on, on healing expeditions. <laughs> My own job is to do the preaching and to do the praying. He now steps in if he wants to. Well, how will I get myself worked up because somebody does? You don't control the frequency. But I need to say that People that are into the prophetic ministry, they are, they are, these experiences are more frequent with the prophets. But every believer has the sense of sight. Are you with me? And in the New Testament, we have a prophetic nature. The nature, that is, we have that nature. The life of God sustains several properties. One of the properties that is contained in the life of God the bible says this is eternal life that they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom thou hast sent so the life of god sustains what we call an unction an unction is a knowing capacity in the spirit and because the life of god contains an unction we have capacity to know things through the discernment and the teaching of the life of god that is our nature in this covenant do you understand that is irrespective of whether you're a prophet or not that is our what for instance the Bible says that God will strengthen us with might by his spirit that resides in our inner man so in this covenant the Spirit of God has the capacity to strengthen you from inside strengthen you from your spirit okay when you receive that strength from your spirit you know, and you know how to receive it. Hmm? It has the capacity. After that, your spirit has been strengthened. It can now illuminate your mind. Your mind is like a computer; it takes a spirit being to use it. When your spirit is strengthened, God can illuminate your mind. Can use the anointing to take your mind and touch something. Have you ever studied your Bible and why we were studying? Revelation began to come. Your thoughts began to blow out of proportion. Began to cease it, it was the anointing of God that was regulating your mind. That is what it means when the eyes of your understanding are enlightened. It's the anointing that is operating your mind. And then the same anointing, too, can quicken your mortal body. For the Bible says that if the spirit of Him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwelleth in you, Then he will what? He will quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwelleth. What? So it doesn't just strengthen your mind. It can illuminate. It doesn't just strengthen your spirit. It can illuminate your mind and then do what? Quicken your mortal These are experiences that should not be momentary. These are experiences that should be part and parcel of our work with God. These are experiential dimensions. Because I said operating in the flesh is experiential. Operating in the spirit is what? Experiential. So these are experiential day-to-day realities that should be factored in our Christian lives. Are you still with me? Yes, no, so yes, you are still talking, brother. I've done taking the mic from you. I've not finished with you. I want to use our discussion to give insight into sight. So, number one, God is the one that determines the what? Frequency. Because somebody might ask. Somebody might ask here. And say, Pastor, this spiritual sight you are talking about, is this not the gift of discernment of spirit? No. It's not. This is a sense. When we are talking about a gift, a gift has numerous channels. Are you with me? For instance, the gift of word of knowledge. I'm still with you. Okay? The gift of word of knowledge gives you the ability to know things that are in the present or in the past. Supernatural. Are you with me? Now that is the gift. That's your prime gift. Now that gift has many channels. It can operate through a dream. You can have word of knowledge through a dream. You can have what of knowledge through a vision. You can have what of knowledge through an inner knowing. You can have through that is a gift has diff if you have that gift, it's be revolving across different channels. That's the difference between a gift. A gift can flow through what? Different channels, if you have it. But this one is a sense. This one doesn't have different channels. This is It operates like this every time. Do you see the difference? A gift has what? Different channels. A sense operates the same way, what? Every time. So the frequency is determined by God, not by you. Yes, go on. Tell us your experience of sight. And what did you see, actually? Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. Initially, the
2: first time uh, my eyes were open, what I saw was a flash of light. Okay, It seems like an imagination to me initially, at my place of prayers. And it happened to me again twice.
0: Now, let me tell you something. The sight we are talking about, eh? Even though it is so clear, but it's happening inside of your spirit. Are you with me? You are not with me? Okay. This is your eyes. I hope you know. Where the image that you are seeing is casted is not outside. It's in your brain, at the back of your brain. And that place is dark. There's no light there. But what you are seeing, you think you are seeing from here but you are seeing from where <laughs> so <laughs> it's happening where inside of your spirit but it's as if you are seeing it what god is doing is that he's giving you the advantage to see through the holy ghost that's all that's what it's all about yes so you were praying and then you saw a flash you thought it was your imagination now, you see, the supernatural things normally are weak, look weak to kind people. It will not look as strong as your natural sight. Are you with, are you with me? Yes. So you stand all the chances in the world to despise it. But except you become strong in it, you cannot navigate through the pathway. You will fulfill another destiny that is not that which is written concerning you. Now, so I need to make that clear to us. First of all, it doesn't look as clear as physical sight, and it stands a lot to be despised. Go on.
2: The flash of light, I saw it two times. And why the first time I said, I thought it was an imagination, but why it happened two times, twice, plus the first time, making it three times, it became real to me. And...
0: Now, let me explain that word, real, became real. Now, the Bible says that when the spirit of truth is come, he'll guide us into all truth. The word truth in that scripture is reality. Reality talks about things that are, only exist in spiritual form. They don't have natural correlations. They don't have natural shapes and sizes. They exist where? In spiritual form. And it's only with spiritual senses that you can actually make contact with things that are spiritual. Are you with me? Hi, I say, are you here? Yes, sir. And so the Bible says that when the spirit of truth is come, he'll guide us into all reality. He makes your spirit come in, into contact with these spiritual things. And then He furnishes he furnishes the reality of those things upon your spirit. So that there's conviction inside of you that those things really exist, even though you cannot interface with them with your natural senses. Are you with me? So, actually, when you had those two flashes, if you had an instructor, what you would have done is that you would have reported that case. While I was praying, I saw this. Then the instructor will take you beyond your own conviction. And this is, this is what is happening to you. He would diagnose it. That's what discipleship is. discipleship is not a lecture a classroom structured lecture i cannot take you beyond your desire for god are you with me oh man if you don't desire god forget it i can't take you beyond your it must, it's your own work with god now and you don't desire god i can't take you beyond your what now that you desire god you are expressing things in the spirit realm it's my own duty as an instructor to now Tell you what you are experiencing, the scope of what you are experiencing and how you need to relate with what you are. What? Experience. Because these days people don't really desire God. And it's not my duty to give you the desire for God. Because the Bible says it's God that worketh in us both to will and to do according to his own good pleasure. He has been quickening things into people's spirits. They are not responding to him. So, can I make you follow God? No, it's not my duty. But now that you are pressing into God, I can explain the things you are interfacing with and tell you how to relate with it more accurately. Thank God you came to that point where, through the second flash, you knew it was not a mistake, it was not imagination, it was a spiritual thing that was happening to you. Some people take 10 years to come to that point. Because it's easy to preach principles. This is the principle of prosperity. Give and what? Be given back to you. Sacrifice and what? God will open a storehouse for you eventually. Hallelujah. Let me tell you the truth. I know you don't like it. You want to prosper? Two things you cannot avoid. I'm digressing. Just to say this, when I'll come back. You must determine in the privacy of your heart because the Bible says that a good man devised liberal things. That is, he himself sat down and decided to be liberal. He made decisions in line with what? Liberality. Apart from the offerings and tithes you give, you must make up your mind. No matter how small. No matter how small. You must make up your mind that you are going to have a covenant of a seed you are going to be sowing based on your level. When you increase in level, this one is not title, it's not offering. No. A good man devised and you are going to continue that custom for the rest of your life. Whether there is scarcity, poverty, lack and want, it doesn't affect that commitment because if the devil can affect your sowing; he can affect your harvest. Let me stop there. For now, that's financially. Hmm? The same principle goes for prayer. God goes for, goes for everything. Inconsistency lies the power. Anything you are not consistent in, don't. So, it, it, is that principle a different principle? It follows all the other principles. Inconsistency lies. power let me stop on that yes go on finally
2: concerning picture i i saw picture once
0: okay you saw a picture once yes okay first of all it begins with flashes and then the flashes are now accompanied with pictures you will know those pictures because the holy ghost who is discernment himself will give you the interpretation of the pictures that are coming before your spiritual eyes what why he's doing that is because he wants you to be strong wants you to believe in what is going on inside of you are you with me thank you my brother so that is sight spiritual sight yes how many of you again you see the pictures flashes i know you i know you don't need to say that there's a level to which you pray. We, we know that those things should be natural. should happen to you naturally. Alright? We are talking about liberating territories, liberating cities and nations. We need people that are strong in spiritual senses. Not just intercessors. Intercessors that know, that are strong in their spiritual senses. Let's say we go to Naka now, we say we want to liberate Naka. Hmm? and we start interceding we need people that are sharp in their senses they have developed their senses to a level so that our prayers are not dry empty prayers Our prayers are full of direction so that we know the pathways spiritual warfare does not end with praying spiritual warfare is supposed to end by the receipt of wisdom that will lead us into a prophetic action are you with me? Spiritual warfare must lead us to the gate of wisdom, and there must be direction that should come out of our intercessory praying. That if, if we fulfill that direction, then liberty is supposed to come to the territory. So, if we are doing organizational intercession, you say this body is in, intercessors for Africa, and we come and hold a, an intercessory prayer crusade. And it doesn't lead to wisdom and direction. I will not attend it again. Because the power of what we are doing is not in what we are doing. The power of what we are doing is in, is in his ability to yield wisdom. Now, we were talking about Makodi. In our prayers, we have come to discover that there is a gate that needs to be opened. This one is wisdom now that came out of intercession. And that gate is in the belly of the river. And we need to make mention the name of the river as we open the gate. When we open that gate, it will be easy for people that are in this state to give their life to Christ. That is wisdom that has come out of what? Don't just come and pray. And no wisdom comes out of it. You will go back and be bound. Because your warfare was not accomplished. It was not completed. hallelujah now what i'm teaching you is not as if we were taught we learned it the hard way but it would have been better for us if we were instructed in these areas there is no territory no family no yoke no cause that cannot be broken but the people that are going to break that course going to pierce through that territory must have their spiritual senses sharpened because spiritual warfare does not end in praying it ends in what they receipt of wisdom and direction to carry out a strategic action that will undo that which the devil has done in the city of Zaria my father and the Lord was instructing us when we went to see him that there was a river in Zaria that used to swallow foreigners every once a year to somebody will get drowned so he got grieved and then Called some of the pastors that did they fasted for three days and he was led by God to go and anoint the river. So he went there and anointed people. Were there and they saw him, they were wondering, What, what are these pastors? Anointed the river and sealed up his tongue. Till today, the river people have people fall into it carelessly, you know, <laughs> they fall out again he closed the tongue of the river. The reason why the river was taking people was because it was programmed to take people. The river doesn't have a will of its own, but the bondage of corruption can be manipulated to make it serve a cause which is inconsistent with the cause of its creation. And men of wisdom and stature will have to rise up that will pierce into the spirit realm through spiritual warfare and they will attack the thing that is facilitating the operation of that river in that way. And when they have attacked the spirit of wisdom through the spiritual senses, we lead them to do something that will undo that which was done. That's how spiritual warfare ends. It doesn't end on the prayer floor. It ends in wisdom and direction. The tongue of the river was closed. Hallelujah. That's spiritual warfare. You say, yes, in your village, this is how witchcraft operates. It's because no strong man has come. By the time strong men, they, no, you don't need to visit the palace or visit the... No. No. Three days is enough to undo many things that have been done for many years. Three days is a, it's enough time. Spiritual senses. Hallelujah. So open up. Like that. All kinds of things can take place. Hallelujah. Now let's look at one other point before we make some progress if you are still with me say amen Amen. Amen. okay still in that john chapter 5 let's look upon verse 30 this is still jesus speaking out i would have loved to recommend that after this time i'll just read john chapter five the whole of john chapter five the whole of John chapter 5 is Jesus' secret in life. Operating under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Jesus took time to tell us all his secrets, all the things, all the ways by which he interfaces with the spirit realm, and the success of his ministry. John chapter 5. Are you with me? I say, Are you with me? Now, Jesus speak, speaking in John chapter 5, verse 30 says, I cannot my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. Now, I need, I had to read the whole verse because I must bring a sound of warning. It is possible that you become a strong man in the hand of God. Mighty spiritual senses, you are sharp in the spirit. And then suddenly, suddenly, Jesus said, the reason why I, I'm continuing, I, as I hear, I judge. And the secret of my permanency in this kind of oppression is that I don't have an agenda. It's not about me. It's about God. It's possible for you to come to a point where you feel that, boy, I'm a strong guy. Uh, as, uh, the devil is locking into your heart and it, your, your gates can be closed for life. Um, it's a dangerous thing for you to have entered into the spirit realm and then you violated the principles that make for permanency and insulation and security. Jesus said I don't have an agenda. That's why when I penetrate this far, there's no repercussion. I have not come to do my own stuff. For instance, I don't ever come to the pulpit with the intention that I will see something. No. I don't have an agenda. The message, the simple message God gave me in the place of prayer, I will come and I will attempt to preach it. Are you with me? Even if we are going to pray for some, somebody, a family, they need a miracle. I don't go there with the intention to say anything. Let's just go. Let's go. Let's go. If I don't know what to do, we'll start singing now. We give our thanks to the Lord. Ah, no, no agenda. Thanks to the Lord. Maybe while you are just in the process. Thanks. Hey! Papa. But if you are going there and say, Oh boy, My eye don't open, up. <laughs> you are already there. <laughs> if you, you are lucky, If it's a bad place, you are, you are The moment you switch out like that, The arrow will... Some arrows will not take effect the moment you are shot. That arrow was already is, is shot to stop your ministry. But it won't take effect that time. Then you now leave that place. Maybe, <laughs> hey, you now start liking women. You were exposed because you went there on your own. It's a rule in the spirit that you must understand your Master don't in any case misrepresent him such that it is you they are seeing you will not have his cover you will not have his blessing jesus said as i hear oh, that's how i judge i don't have my own agenda as it comes to my ear i judge like that and i remove myself from the question because i'm a messenger i know a pastor like that he believes that if he comes to the pulpit and says, I see, many members will come. So every day he's seeing things. A time will come where the devil will make him see. The spirit realm is like a wilderness, you need a guide. And if the real guide refuses to accompany you, something else will accompany you. The guy actually started seeing eventually. But he was seeing strange things. This person I'm saying is in the city of Takot. One pastor. And somebody went to him for counseling. And he said, ah, you have a, there's money in your destiny. But you have to allow somebody to sleep with you first. To open it. So that's where he's seeing. That's where it is now. (laughs) And Inan gave her soap. Soap to go and take her bath by one river like that. He gave her the time, 3 a.m. Go bath there. He's what? He's seeing. He's seeing things. Hallelujah. Seeing all kinds of things. And the lady now called me. After I came out of the place, the lady now called me and said, Is there a pastor still left in Port Harcourt? I said, Yes, there is. But the one you visited is not the pastor. <laughs> He's a messy man now because he wants to see. He has a lust to see. Jesus said, Me, I don't have an agenda. As I hear. Not more than I hear. I judge like that. My scope of operation is limited to the information that comes to me by the spirit of god i don't come with my own will that i want to see now so that hey it's time to that temptation will always exist for you to say yes you are the seer anytime self is coming your experience is going to be in the flesh and adam is going to be manifesting and the power of adam is a soul and the consciousness that the soul brings itself That's why you can meet somebody that's anointed, but his character is terrible. He has not, he's not a spiritual man. No. A spiritual man should have a sweet character. When you touch him, you wonder. So you are this gifted, and you are like this. That is how the spiritual realm is designed. To make humble men out of people. Because in the realm, you are not in charge. You can't create a vision. You are just a channel. Wisdom will teach you that the best way to operate here. Is to be humble. The dream is designed like that. I don't know how where proud people come. No, no, no. They have not touched, they have not gone deep. They have not gone deep. God can accommodate that pride for a time because you are still learning. He wants you to be sure of the gift. He can accommodate it. No, so God can use somebody that is not accurate. It's not as if he has, he has endorsed the inaccuracy. A time will come where he will place a demand on it. If that guy doesn't give up that pride at that time, another spirit will take over. So it's better for you to start where? So that you won't have contention issues with God eventually. Now, so, please. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Have you given up your lust to display, your lust to be the man running the show? you lost to be in the center of things you're lost to have you given it up and you are just ready to be a channel even if you had not noticed that's the way of the spirit god will make you so large you will be larger than 10 men because you are diminished and when the devil comes to look for you he doesn't find you you see i will give you something say i don't have anything i will take from you i don't have anything i will give you something i have all things so You cannot give somebody something that has everything. And you cannot take from somebody that has nothing. That's the spirit of sonship. Spirit of sonship, because of your connection and your your joint hair status with Christ. You are blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms. You have everything. Alright? And because of your service to God, who is a king, you can lay down everything. So when the devil says, I want to give you money, say, no, I don't have need. I have everything. Meanwhile, you can't pay your rent. And you came and manifested, and then somebody now, you know, just rose up in the flesh and said, he wants to give you something. And the Holy Ghost said, no, no, no. This, I'm, not, I'm not the one giving you this. And you now see how that, that money would have taken care of the rent, advanced some things around. But say, no, I have all things. I have all things, not about me. If he says, I should, I should stand down, so be it. I, I, no, I don't have, sorry. You can leave there and go and cry. You say, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry, it's okay, it's okay, don't worry. <laughs> that's the way of the spirit. Then the devil comes and says, yeah, I will take from you. He says, ah, didn't you hear? I gave everything up. What are you taking? There's nothing left. I have nothing. That's the spirit of sonship. He has all things and he has nothing. He can lay everything down so that God's glory will be achieved. That is how, if you have an agenda in the midst of the matter, the devil will find occasion to anchor something upon you and he will start degrading your life gradually. God will help us in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, I'll let us to go back to the book of Romans chapter 8. Let's pick some highlights. Romans eight, let's pick some highlights quickly. Romans chapter eight will pick some highlights. Hallelujah. Now can you walk with me? Can you walk with me briefly? Let's can we analyze I want us to do an analysis quickly. Say permutation like a mathematical song. And we are supposed to arrive at an answer. (laughs) Those days in university, you want to solve a mathematical sum and then suddenly you forget the steps. But you know the answer. You just put the answer first. Put the answer. (laughs) You just write the answer somewhere. And then, (laughs) how you arrive there, you don't know. Now, in the book of Romans chapter 8, there's a permutation here. Now, before we come to the conclusions that Paul made, he went through a process of calculations, permutations. Are you with me? Is there any you, do you like math? How many of the, how many people here you, you are good in it? You like. All right, but you know what happens when you miss the step. But you still know the answer, but suddenly you forget how the thing. How many of you have worked the the question equation before? Now, that's the equation I'm, I'm talking about. I knew the answer. But how to arrive there became a problem. Now, Romans chapter 8 is that equation. It's a long chain of permutations, but there's a conclusion that is reached eventually. So I'd like us to follow the chain. That chain will now become the premise upon which we'll begin in the evening. Is that clear? Now, as we begin in the evening, it's going to be a dis- different scope, different thing altogether. Because we are, you are going to a place there's a place you are going to this evening a spiritual place when we get there you will know and please don't leave that place even when the conference ends that's the place i supposed to be operating from and god will give you grace to remain there in the name of jesus now let's check the permutation there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in christ jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit now he's explaining to us that one of the first things that you are supposed to begin to enjoy as a believer when you come into Christ Jesus if your orientation and your access and perspective of reaching God is accurate and you have come to the point where you realize that um, Christ is not manifested in terms of flesh but manifested in terms of spirit and you have adjusted to accommodate this formula in your life. Now the consequence is, you live a life that is free of condemnation. You live a life, the reason why you need to live free of condemnation is because your spirit is more effective when it is light. Mm. Uh, if you check the book of Ephesians chapter 6, we, there is a discourse about the armor of God. And there is one of the, one piece of the armor called the breastplate of righteousness. Have you checked out that piece? The breastplate of righteousness is, is, um, is God's protection for your conscience. If your conscience is not protected, your spirit will be heavy. And so one of the things that God wants to ensure that is achieved in your life, Early enough in your work with God is that he brings you to a point where your conscience is protected. It's very important in your spiritual journey that your conscience does not accuse you. And there are several people that have heard God one way or the other. And then they run to me and say, did you talk to Jesus about it? Have you spoken to the Lord about it? You have. You have talked to God about it. Yes. But I'm not free. I'm not free as well. Hallelujah. You're not free. Then I need to take you on a on a course. The threefold application of the blood of Jesus. Now, this I'm saying is not to encourage you to sin. Any man that is making a willful practice of sin has not yet understood. The realm of Christ. Paul said, God forbid that after we have entered into this commonwealth, we continue in sin. We willfully sit in the capacity of error. God forbid that. That's what Paul said. Meanwhile, I need to tell you very clearly that there are eight consequences upon your life if you are born again and you are living in willful sin. There are eight grievous consequences. I don't have time. Even if you know two of the consequences I'm talking about and we show you from Scripture, you will decide that that's not your way. Are you with me? But I'm saying that as you walk with God, you are going to be erring. Because the idea is this, God told Abraham, walk down before me and be that perfect. Perfection was the goal when Abraham was called to walk with God. And perfection is a state when it is very easy, when you naturally obey God. I hope you know, you don't naturally obey, sometimes God will say, stand up now, stand up. So, oh God, see, see my left leg. You know, it's a drag. Struggle, maybe we'll struggle for 25 minutes before he say, Okay, I don't stand up. I don't come. Because the whole <laughs> the whole system. That guy is not obeying willfully just obeying because mm. well, may they not say I don't stand up. Now that's how the system is. But God wants to bring us to a point where we are excited to obey Him. That's perfection. See, but the the metaphor that God used is walk. Down. Walk. Walk. Down. Walk. Perfection is a process and the metaphor that was used to illustrate it is walk. And I still remember when my son was trying to learn how to walk. Fall a lot of times. Okay? So it means that even in your most sincere heart to gain mastery with God, you are going to still make mistakes. So these are the mistakes I'm talking about. Not the mistake of somebody that he wants to commit fornication and he prayed about it on Saturday night. That help me. The guy, they go, hey, God. <laughs> That's not the guy. I'm talking about. This one has been deceived. Mm. Any more? <laughs> this one has been deceived. So his case is, is in another lab that they analyze it. And the consequences of such a life is eightfold. So and you are not that person. That's why I don't want to emphasize on that. So, you are going to miss a lot of things. There are some times like that, even here, even till today, I still miss things. God will just give one sign, and I did not obey it, and then I lose my peace. You are blessed, but I go home crying. Because I'm still learning how to walk. And in the process of walking, you are going to fall many times from the frequency that God wants to bring you. You get that? That's the kind of sin me, I'm talking about. When God gives an instruction, you heard it, Somehow you didn't obey it. Somehow something went wrong and the Holy Ghost was grieved. When you were preaching, you made a statement that we're not supposed to make and then you lost your peace. You have stumbled. You need to ask God for forgiveness at that point. Now, when you stumble, suddenly it registers on your heart and your conscience speaks it. So, your conscience is like a meter, a barometer. A barometer that holds the current, your current level of alignment, your current level of submission, your current level of holiness, your current level of compliance with God. That's what your heart is supposed to be. Is that barometer, Is that scale. And any time that your heart goes sour because you have broken the chain of alignment with God. Are you with me here? If you are sitting here, say Amen. amen. Any time that your heart goes sour, at that point, you cannot live in the spirit because your conscience is affected. The only thing that you need to resort to at that time because it's an emergency situation, shut every other thing down and attend to it. Because the implication of your heart being sour is that fellowship has been broken. And if fellowship is broken, it means that resources will not come. There's a block, there's roadblock at that point in time. There's nothing wrong with you, you are still born again, but... You are in a state of emergency. Because you are not aligned. That's where the blood of Jesus comes in. And the blood of Jesus is is threefold. His ministry, his oppression, his strength, his implication is threefold. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus purges our heart from an evil conscience. And in the Holy of Holies, it was only God that saw the blood that was presented. So the blood is God word, Satan word, and heart word. Somebody say God word. Satan word. Heart word. Why is it like that? Why does it go this three-fold scope? It is so that it can secure a conscience that is devoid of offense. If your conscience is not devoid of offense, you cannot walk in the spirit your spirit will be too heavy for the senses to switch on. And so it is not a healthy spiritual state for a man's conscience to be accused. Because the devil knows that in order for you to gain vitality in the spirit, your conscience needs to be still. So the devil has now sustained what we call a ministry of accusation. So that you will ensure that you will never find that liberty that will make you leap, that will make you mount up with wings. It is because of that ministry of accusation that in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, the Bible says that God has given us the breastplate of righteousness. And the breastplate of righteousness is to cover our conscience from attack. It's called what breastplate is here. Cover what? Your conscience. And so the Bible says, now there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus who walk not after Uh so in order for you to escape this condemnation that has grievous spiritual consequences in your life you are going to have to adopt the orientation of subscribing to the spirit so you are in christ and then you are what walking according to the spirit now there is a principle the next verse verse 2 Romans chapter 8 verse 2 is an explanation of the spiritual principle that is activated in order to ensure that your conscience is not violated by the enemy. And the spiritual principle that is activated is that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Now, I don't have time to explain Romans chapter 8 verse 2. I would have loved to, but I don't have time. Now, any conference that we hold, that we Consider the laws of the spirit realm. Now, one thing I need you to understand is this. As you enter into a different plane in the realm, there are different laws in that plane. There are different dimensions of wisdom that you need to subscribe to. Alright? Not every plane is the same. So, when we are teaching on the laws of the spirit realm, then we will not bring this fundamental law and then we'll discuss it in that context it will be able to treat it more extensively in that context so we are going to jump in hallelujah can we now move in the permutation to verse 5 now in verse 5 Paul has moved us to a clinic for diagnosis you know a man can be suffering from ulcer and because he's suffering from ulcer he's having a pain on the hand or here like this doctor is it true there is one pain here eh? but it's also left hand so the man now goes for massaging because the the pain is here he goes for he takes up a form in the gym so he's using that muscle muscle contractor Gadget that this hand is failing. Meanwhile, anyway, the problem is there's also So his approach towards doctor, am I am I am I in view? His approach towards attacking the situation is not consistent with knowledge. Paul now takes us to a clinic. In this clinic, Paul is analyzing the flesh, the scope, the range the attraction, the oppression of the flesh. You know what? I insist that we should look at this because I have realized that the average Christian has built security in the flesh. So much security in the flesh. What is the flesh? Where's my microphone? You attended... So you should know what flesh is now i think you will help us let's understand this flesh thing now flesh what is flesh uh, he has gone through all the courses so he <laughs> what is the flesh let's know today i think to the best of my knowledge mm. flesh is the expression of the adamic nature exactly you are so accurate i your answer was supposed to be here. Adamic nature. Flesh. In the flesh is the same as in Adam. What is the Adamic nature? No, you have tried now. Give, give Pastor Andrew now. Adamic nature. Let's understand it. You know it's Bible study. It's Bible study. Nobody should go back confused. It's not straight preaching. What is the Adamic nature? Yes, your mic is not, it's not ready.
2: You know, Jesus said, <clears throat> Jesus said something. He said, We are partakers of the divine nature of God. So oh, this. Wait, wait,
0: wait, wait, wait. All right, divine nature. We have two things now divine nature, then Adamic nature. Now, give us one attribute of the divine nature. Bible study, we are supposed to go back with knowledge, not confusion. If you mention another new thing again, we'll not write that new thing down. Because the question was flesh. So you now went into net divine. Ah, so.
2: Praise the Lord. You know, I'll, I'll, this one I'm not, going to, I'm not going to say it from the Bible. Go this on. must be a practical experience. Practical, okay. Amen. Somebody entered a shop. A shop that he had paid money that they should construct something for him. Mm. He now entered the shop and they flared at him. They reacted. You know, he had every opportunity and every right at that time to react also. Mm. But he kept quiet as he wanted the Holy Spirit said, say, calm down. Alright, divine nature.
0: The, the attribute that is manifest there is not human. It's called
2: gentleness he was to react he now went out and five hours later
0: now the reaction what's the name for that if he had reacted eh anger so anger is part of the Adamic nature now so instead of anger he manifested what gentleness are you seeing it now the anger is part of the adamic nature gentleness is part of the divine nature so the adamic nature is everything we got from adam and the, the divine nature is everything we got from jesus every time we manifest the divine nature it is not human people will wonder their perspective of it is is three. Hey, how many? Because it's not human nature. Are you with me? You have answered me. Uh, this your illustration is better than four scriptures. In fact, you, you put four scriptures together to get this. Now, let's go back to uh, verse 5. Okay, somebody wants to help us. Everything we got from Adam and I think I need to still write an analysis of what we got from Adam. Abi, Okay. Help us.
3: I just have a question. Yes. You said that gentleness is part of the divine nature. Mm-hmm. How about a monk that is naturally self-controlled? It's not,
0: it's self-control is not gentle. Self-control and gentleness different. Gentleness comes out of a spirit that is at rest in God. It oozes out of the rest that the Sabbath that Jesus declared when he said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and have a and I will give you rest. Gentleness oozes out of that rest in him. But you eh, said self control with uh there is a great extent to which the will can influence our conduct in the natural. Great extent. So we should not confuse. Gentleness is not an attribute of man. Yes, give her the microphone, please. We don't need any confusion.
3: Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sir, I have a question. I can't
0: hear you. Who, what's wrong? All right, go on.
3: I have a question.
0: Yes, yeah, she has a question. How,
3: how do we walk in the spirit?
0: Good. That is the subject of this whole conference. Yeah. That is the subject. No, no, wait. Subject of this whole conference. First thing I've established from yesterday is when you give your life to Christ, your spiritual senses pop up. It's through your spiritual senses that you can understand the perspective of God about a matter. The guy went to a shop. He had paid money to the guys to make a furniture for him and he was coming to collect it and the furniture guys that were supposed to be pleading with him that they had not delivered now began to cause problems and then the Lord now ministered to him through his spiritual senses don't follow them on this frequency so we we, we cannot talk about walking in the spirit without talking about spiritual senses do you understand that? because it's through those senses that you can interface with that realm and understand what is expected of you Okay? Meanwhile, all the things that I've, I've been teaching since yesterday night are things that are life-applicable. I'm not teaching doctrine. This is not doctrine. These are life-applicable realities that you are going to find use for in your everyday living. So, in your everyday living, you should know that okay, at this time in the office, I operated in the flesh. Lord, I'm sorry. I, I, I I'll not do that again. And, Lord, I know, I know you were disappointed, but Give me another chance. I'll, I'll. So, he can observe himself and he can actually see the extent of compliance with spirit life that he's sustaining. So, we're in the process here. Now you have come to understand the spiritual senses. Very vital in working in the spirit. Very vital. Yes. Another question from the back there.
3: No, not a question.
0: Okay, you want to throw some more yes. light. Please, help us.
3: The Adamic nature... Is the rebellious nature, the rebellious folly nature of man, that all of us sustain after the fall? For example, I just want to say,
0: you know, God created. Wait, you wait, have mentioned another word that is hard for us. You have mentioned falling. Rebellious is an English word. In Webster's English dictionary, you find that, but falling. It's more of biblical connotation. So please help us with the falling, falling nature, falling. Why is it falling, sister?
3: Um, That's what I I want to try to explain Hallelujah. hallelujah. For example, when God created man, he created us with all of these senses we're talking about. Mm. And he created us with all of these desires, hunger, thirst, um, and all of that. But, when Adam sinned, all of those things were supposed to draw us towards God. But from the point that Adam sinned, those things naturally take us away from God. For example, let me give an example. You may not be fasting on a good day, but you might not eat the whole of that day, and you won't feel it. But the day you now say, okay, I'm going to fast today, before 10 a.m., you are already shaking. You are already shaking. You want to die as if if you don't eat, you won't see the next day. It's because of the fall. I don't know if I'm making sense. On it's because of the On account of
0: the fall of man, all our faculties
3: have become
0: have become anti-God, mutilated, <laughs> has experienced a mutation such that it now seeks to draw us away from God. Okay. There's a mutation that has taken place. And in this mutation, all our faculties, natural faculties, tendencies, inclinations, have been corrupted. In so much that they are designed now to what? Take us away from God. A time will come, when if you sleep, that will be a problem with God. God is saying, come and pray. But and sleep is neutral and innocent. But that day, in that day when sleep was the problem and the barrier to your obeying God, that sleep that day was sin. Are you with me? You are not, did you get that one? I know people will be quiet because in this wise, we are wrong. So when I say, are you here? As I say, hey, that's what I do. <laughs> in that day, sin is wrong. God is saying, okay, come with me on a fast. And suddenly you are drawn to the fridge. Okay? (laughs) Okay, okay, let me pray for you. Get on your knees. You are drawn suddenly to the fridge. And the kunu that your neighbor brought in the night. Because the day you want to fast, the alarm sounded somewhere. Somebody was moved to bring kunu. The person doesn't normally bring. But that night, he came. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. And then while you are in the heart of the... At 11 o'clock, your body is already shaking. <laughs> because the entire system, through the fall, is not rebellious to God. Anything that we advance us in the area of God, the system snaps at it. The hunger. The test. They desire to sleep, they desire to hear, they desire to talk. Sex, everything, every appetite whatsoever is designed by the fall to take us away from God. Meanwhile, those appetites were created neutral. They were not created to be a stumbling block. But the fall has now constituted them as a barrier those appetites and those faculties have constituted a state and a position of existence which is a natural adamic position and that position is contrary to god's position and so we can only attain to god's position through faith in jesus then based on that our position is changed our habitat is changed and god begins the process of recovery by bringing our spirit into a different economy, and it's expected that all our faculties will follow suit and will be brought under transformation by the prosperity that our spirit is enjoying. That whole process of radical change, where you cease to be you, you become Christ that is a you. That whole process that whole process is the process of transformation that leads to the conformation to the image of him that tabernacles in us to the end that we might attain unto the measure of the fullness of the stature of christ and the nitty-gritty of this matter is in the heart of the things that i'm trying to draw out to us hallelujah by the time, maybe by the time we are finishing this evening, you begin to get it very clearly. And then you'll be able to appraise yourself. And you'll be able to see your level of compliance. Okay, give Joe's wife. She, she wants to say something.
3: Praise the Lord. So I want to ask a question. I, I want to know why anytime somebody does something dangerous to you that you are supposed to react and the Holy Ghost in you Who will not allow you to react.
0: Okay. That's your your spiritual senses have snapped on. The divine nature is calling. The divine nature is calling. Hallelujah. You know, the fall affected us differently. Are you with me? (laughs) Ah. We have different kinds of people. We have cerebral kind of people. That is mind-based guys. They know everything. They want to rule the world. Everything is mental to them. We have the wheel-based guys. Wheel. Those ones can fight. Those ones to join the army. Most evangelists are wheel-based people. Because you need to have that rugged will to be stubborn enough to encroach into the territory of the devil. Your makeup inside determines what you can actually be. All of it is part of the package. We have emotion-based people. Prophets are in that category. But you see, all these things, just like our sister said, they are running on a scale that is in departure from its original orientation. The will, the mind, all of that. So the will-based people can fight a lot. And so, whenever there's crisis, the Holy Ghost will start giving them bear. No fight. No fight. No fight. No fight. Meanwhile, we need to mutilate that desire coming from the flesh for us to respond in the Adamic nature. Because I said these two realities are existing simultaneously. The flesh perspective is in existence now. The spirit perspective is in existence. What? And there is always a conflict for which of the arms will gain mastery over you. Till today, I still operate in the flesh sometimes. All right, and I, I cry out. But at least I know. And after I've yielded like that, I am not the same. I say, "Guys, okay, bye bye." Hallelujah. But I realize that the things, the fleshly things I used to do last year, have moved beyond that level. And I'm going higher. But I've not gotten there yet anyway. Hallelujah. So if God is dealing with your anger now, and dealing with your ability or propensity to react, yield to him, and go beyond that level. Don't be pegged on that ground. That meal, this is me. I must fight. This is me. My father used to fight. My mother fight. Me too, I fight. <laughs> Please, allow the Holy Ghost to win. Let him take away that place. Get that victory. Please bring the microphone, one more, one more person here. Then we are going to continue. Because we have to end quickly. Praise God. Hallelujah.
4: Sir, I would like to ask, is meekness and gentleness the same thing? No. But meekness. Hey.
0: It's not an English word. Don't use. You want to use Webster's dictionary? You know, those days, they taught us that if you, are, if you want to teach and you don't understand it, something, take a dictionary. Then I found out it was illegal. They yeah, are using dictionary to, to understand the spiritual thing meekness is the ability not to offend and not to be easily offended can you repeat after me meekness is the ability not to offend and not to be easily offended that's meekness some people just came to your house and before they came they planned that they will make you talk And then they began to raise issues. And you don't even know why you didn't talk. Because it's you that you know. You even talk and climb something. <laughs> but that day you can't explain. That's meekness. Now, meekness has to do with offense gentleness has to do with disposition let me explain is that your question or you are still going okay
4: okay go on now looking at the life of moses there is these two things in his life anger and meekness at the same time Mm. and he was operating with god to the extent that god could show the depth of himself to Moses.
0: I, I, you know, I say something here. God can use anybody. The fact yeah. that God is using you doesn't mean that he has perfected you. Yeah. He can carry you along with your insufficiencies and weaknesses and begin to deal with it part time. Anytime meekness oppresses through Moses is the divine nature that is at work. But if anger operates through him, it's the Adamic nature. I say that these things are too concurrent what realities depends on how you switch just like a transistor radio you can switch to fm95 and you're operating like adam and you switch to fm what again 105 and you're operating like christ the transistor radio didn't move it's still there all the frequencies came to the radio there it means the frequencies are here the realms are here in fact they are so blended together that the boundary you don't even know the boundary but they are in different dimensions. It depends on what you switch to. Okay, you, you are a preacher now. You, don't you get angry sometimes and operate It's flesh. That one is flesh. But you, your call is still there. Does it make you less a preacher? Your call is still there. And God knows you have all of those insufficiencies. But he's still working with you. But the point is this. Don't think that God will endorse something that is of the flesh just because a big preacher is the one doing it. he will not endorse it. It's not part of his nature. can see a big preacher on on a crusade was raising cripples and then his junior pastor came to whisper into his ears to give him an information. He stopped. He slapped him. He said, get out. Now, so he was in the spirit here now and then he moved. Enter the flesh. The The healing didn't stop he increased. The enemy increased. <laughs> May God help us not to be switching on the Cosset like that. <coughs> and you know what? The camera picked it. And in U.S., when they want to criticize you, it's that, that part of the clip that they will... They'll just put one caption. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, Holy Ghost. <laughs> he switched gave the guy papa and said get out then continue yes. hallelujah some people finish all night so they ran to their pastor's house just to tell him the visions that they saw and then they saw him with star he was, he crossed his leg with star <laughs> taking his star and then when they came just said no he's just 20 minutes in the flesh this is just 20 minutes in the flesh, just in the flesh for 20 minutes just this, just 20 minutes in the flesh. Just all right, we start and his legs were full. For, for that, he was so comfortable. Sorry, relaxed. no, yeah, no, no, just in the flesh for 20 minutes. God will help us. Just in case you still hide green bottles, we banish it this morning. The name of Jesus. <coughs>
4: Please go on. <laughs> okay. Um, so my question is, in Hebrews chapter 11, okay. the last verse, the Bible says, after mentioning Gideon, Barak, and all those guys, uh-huh. all they did, the Bible says they could not attain perfection. Because the better promise is given to us. They are waiting for perfection. Now, if we are going, uh, God is taking us on a journey into perfection. Uh-huh. When, when is this perfection going to take place? Is it in eternity or wow. here on earth? Wonderful question. The
0: Bible says that the part of the just is like a shining light that shined more and more unto what? The perfect day. Shining light, that means the intensity begins to progress begins to progress and begins to progress and the perfect day is the day when Jesus comes for us. As long as Jesus has not yet come, it hmm? means he still has work to do. So as long as you still draw bread, there are some things that God will still have to work on in your life. Hallelujah. Last question, then I round up, we'll leave. As long as you still draw bread, something in your life that God needs to work on is still... It's still rolling.
5: Praise God. Okay. So, if the um, walk of perfection is continuous, how do we now look at the life of Enoch?
4: Does perfection come by doing the will of God, per se, or a state that you attain?
0: Okay, let us get the description of this perfection that we are talking about. The goal of the gospel, which we say is perfection, And what are the symptoms of perfection? Christ is formed in us. So your own unique path unto perfection is your calling. You will not know how much you need God until you have a call from God and you have an assignment to fulfill that requires that you use the resources from God. Alright? And you know that if those resources don't get to come you'll not be able to fulfill what you were called to do. So if you are called to be an apostle now for instance that's your unique path to perfection. As you demand from God that which is required for you to fulfill God's work. As you encounter challenges on your path, all those things have been designed to walk Christ into you and constitute you with the nature of a new species. That process continues as long as you still draw breath. Are you, are you with me? But the goal is Christ-likeness. And Christ-likeness, the evidence of Christ-likeness is that you obey God naturally. Now, there are several aspects of my life that God has worked on. I'm not boasting. This is true. Hmm? In those areas, I think my compliance is A. Alpha. Compliance. But I don't want to mention them. Okay? Those areas, compliance is A. There are some other areas that the compliance level is E. So we are still working on those areas. So some areas have been built up fortified strengthened. but you see it is because i was committed to my call in jesus that i was able to come in contact with the circumstances that god used to facilitate those buildings in my life now so reckoning with your destiny knowing your calling knowing your place in god seeking to pursue it and to fulfill it is one of the principles or the principal things required for you to experience spiritual growth. Watch Mani says. When there is no spiritual walk, there is no spiritual growth. So you must find your place in Christ and begin to desire to fulfill it. Receive resources from God to fulfill it. Encounter the challenges along those paths which are meticulously designed to build into you the nature of God. And see how helpless you are as a mortal man. You desire to mount up with wings like eagles and the grace of God will be coming to you from layer to layer until you become a heavenly man fashioned and exhibited after the order of the image of Christ. Hallelujah. Now, now, uh, on that note, go back to Romans chapter 8 as we close. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Now, I want you to be able to diagnose when you are in the flesh they that are after the flesh they do mind the things of the flesh we came for service yesterday and while we're in service before service the person i was supposed to lead prayer said they offended him because of that his spirit is spoiled can't pray can't lead prayer they that are after the flesh that what mind the things of the flesh and when I was bringing a rebuke to the person, the person said, No, I was offended. Then I said, Do you have a record of how many times I'm offended? But you see, those things of which he claimed he was offended by, they were relevant to him because he was after the flesh. If you're after a woman and somebody comes, a politician comes and takes the woman, hey! ah! you you look for a knife, you cry, and then sharpen knife in the. <laughs> you're Now the woman that they took is an issue to you because you are after the woman. <laughs> yes, you're after the woman. You, you, you. And maybe after Valentine, you have sent text, WhatsApp, to daybreak How that your heart has been opened by the surgery of love, and there was no surgeon to close it. And it's only her picture that was there when it was open. You say that today daybreak. And the next day, is, you saw her in the car of politicians. Eh? Ah! That place that they did not suture, the part of the surgery that is still open, will now click, click, click. The reason is after the woman. Now, please, are you with me? Ask yourself this is the. Four-way test. Just ask yourself. Anything that has authority to influence your emotions can influence your mood. Influence that. Hmm? You are after that thing. Now, if you are after God and you want to go and hold a crusade somewhere and people are resisting you from holding it, you are feeling bad. Why? Because you are after it. Listen to me. We were wanted to write a book. Alright? Wanted to write a book. And after, when we got to the middle, I said, tear that book. tear it. Let's go and pray more. This one, no, this is not it. I saw a vision about it. This is not what I saw. Are you with me? The name of the book is what? Choice. That's the name of the book. As simple as that name is, Choice is the difference between that and um, choice among believers or not among among us. Choice among believers is the difference between whether or not you operate in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of heaven. And I wanted to show it doctrinally and scripturally. Because your entry into the kingdom of heaven is through regeneration. But your entry into the kingdom of God and to function in the kingdom of God, I will show you now, is through choice to serve the will of God. So there are two graphic stages in your Christian life. First stage is accepting Jesus. Then you are regenerated. Then your spiritual senses are open. You can access God's realm. Now now that you can access God's realm, God will now show you that that relationship that you are in is not from me. You picked it. The result of that is you have left with what? Choice. They are not true. Whether to break the relationship and come into alignment with God. You know, this is an advanced level. It's different from getting born again. Now that you want to interact with the third heavens, you want your life to be governed from the throne of God. Are you with, some people are born again, but they don't want their life to be governed from the throne of God. It means that they are in the kingdom of God, but they are not operating from the kingdom of heaven. Two different things. Oh, yeah. Are you with me? Oh, well, I'm just talking to myself. A man, an accurate Christian, a genuine Christian must operate from the third heavens. He must have come into regeneration and then has traded, treated his right to himself that he's going to serve the will of God. That's a choice. Not every believer is that reasonable. So when he decides by a matter of choice that I'm going to serve the will of God, that's the essence of my existence. At this point, he's, he's operating from the government. He's the government of, for, of the third heavens that regulates his life. So somebody can be born again, and he doesn't want the government of the third heavens to regulate his life. So he's born again, and he lives in the flesh. He does everything for himself. If he gives money in church, it's because he wants to get. So he's a contractor. Okay, God says, when we give, the contract will come to take But you know God won't accept that offering because you will first give yourself to God before He will accept you. Then He will not accept what you are offering. So your offering doesn't have power if you have not submitted to the will of God. But if you are submitted to serve the will of God and He has accepted you, He will accept your offering and your offering can be a weapon. And if He has accepted you, the preacher doesn't need to cajole you to give It is something that will come out of your pure mind. A liberal disposition to support the kingdom of God. Then God now makes you strong in the area of financial administration orchestrated by the hand of God. Those are two different things. So you cannot say that you want to raise millionaires without saying that in the process you are going to raise people that are going to be kingdom focused and kingdom minded. People that have made a choice for God. If you are doing that If you are not doing that and you say you want to raise millionaires, you are a banker. Open a new bank. Because the way the kingdom does it is not the way the world does it. Because God says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. And the things mentioned there, the things that the Gentiles, the carnal things, money, cars, materials, possessions. Say, first of all, get lost. Be after the kingdom. And when you are after the kingdom, you will discover that giving to God is not a hard thing. It's not it's not something you need to be taught to do. It will flow naturally because of your submission to serve the will of God. Giving to God will not be another team. Let's do prosperity seminar. And teach you about breakthrough. Forget about it. If you are after the kingdom of God, everything in your life will flow in that direction. Your finances, your effort, your, your time, your everything will be fucked up there. And if you stay there long enough... God will show you that even the things that Gentiles seek will navigate in your direction. Let's use our life and prove to, this world, to the world that the God we have preached is true. Now, see, when the politician takes that girl from that guy, he's offended because he's after the girl. So the Bible says that they that are after the flesh. They are conscious and their mind, they consider important the things of the flesh. Now, so the guy that was supposed to lead prayer here yesterday was after the flesh yesterday. I don't know, they have not investigated to find out the object of flesh that was the attraction. But see, the devil has a lot of products that the flesh is attracted to. So one of the objects of flesh was obstructed. You can be the great prayer mantis and you can pray much, but you are after the flesh. But flesh. The moment you come down from that you are praying, you are after the flesh. And the thing is this. God says, if you sow into the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. If all your investment, all your life direction, your consciousness, your prayer, everything is regulated towards the need that you sense in the flesh, you will reap corruption. But the Bible says that they are after the spirit. If that's what you sow into, you will reap life and peace. Now, these two things are graphically different. And they are parallel. Dissociated from each other. The outcome of these lives cannot be anything near the same thing. Are you with me? Now, so the Bible says that they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. The four-way test. What do you mind? What is it that has the capacity to exert authority on you so that the absence or presence of the thing can affect you what do you mind Hmm? if you're in a relationship are you still in the hands of God such that God is still at liberty he can still come and say It's not my way for you to continue, and you are okay. It's not your, Johnson. You You are not in a relationship for your own purposes. Your first intention is that the lady or the guy should fulfill the will of God for his life first. And if that will is not me, no problem. It's not your. You are not. You don't have an agenda in the matter. That's the way we relate with things of the natural. We are after God's kingdom. That's the priority. And his kingdom surpasses our need for anything on earth. Are you with me? We are satisfied with his kingdom. Now, in this matter that we are negotiating, his rule is still the context that I subscribe to. He can decide to take it away, no problem. I'm just good. So that I don't come into bondage by my fleshly attachment to it. Because if I come into bondage by my fleshly attachment, that thing can control me outside of God. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And that control is the ability that the flesh has to manipulate our destiny when we are attached to it. So the Bible says that they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh. Is it about you? Are you the center of the matter? That's why it's difficult for many to find the will of God. God is not in the center. There's an attachment. Hallelujah. It's not about me. It's about God's will. And I sense his will here. Nevertheless, if I'm wrong, God you still have liberty to check this thing out. Hallelujah. And I prayed like that until I went to the altar and got married. Until today, it's not about us, it's still about God. Hallelujah. Some people will come and say, Hey, you you sacrifice. No, it's a natural thing. We are conditioned that way. The alignment pattern is what's seeking first the kingdom. We are joyful seeking God. We are, we, are, we, are, we are privileged to serve the will of God. So a kind man will be seeing sacrifice, sacrifice. No, you are just living life. This is, outside this I have no life. Oh, this is my life. To serve the will of God is a privilege. Someone else looks from the flat and says, hey, oh God. No, you are just cool. That's the life. And when you are prayed that way, what you need to fulfill God's will will begin to navigate in your direction. And do not have the capacity to corrupt you because that which you are focused on is bigger than you. So that's the prosperity of a righteous man. That's the difference between the prosperity of a righteous man and the prosperity of a kinder man. The prosperity of a righteous man will make him more resourceful to the kingdom of God. If he begins to prosper, the kingdom of God will know that somebody is prospering. It means his heart did not shift. His heart did not change. But if a carnal man prospers, BSU, we know that another man has made money. In the night. You know, Nicodemus came to Jesus in the night. And one preacher said, ask your neighbor, what do you do in the night? He looked for Jesus in the night. (laughs) BSU, we know that another man has made money. The campus. Because he will be there. Looking for ways to spend it. Now the there's a body now of how to spend. And since there's nothing he's seeking but the flesh, he minds the things of the flesh. Now he has been empowered to go the way of the flesh. You may not find him in his lifetime. But when he's old and struck with an infirmity, and he's, he's just there, lean on the bed, and he, he cannot remember the songs of Zion. And you know that the tune and the lyrics are no longer comfortable with his tongue. The alignment of the tongue. For many years, I've not chanted these tunes. That's the issue. What do you mind? So somebody can come and stop you from leading prayer. You won't lead again. You remain at that thing that you mind that you was a problem. Attend to it for five years. Let's come back and check. Did you find it? Did you find that thing? You know. We need to discipline believers to hate the flesh. Uh, say okay, there was an issue, that's why you refuse to lead prayer for five years. That issue will release you to attend to it. And we'll come after the 40 and ask you, Did you find the issue? Did you find it? Because if you <laughs> mm. are you still here with me now, so they that are after the flesh, they don't mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, he's now explaining to us why God is not capable of interfacing with the carnal mind. Now, missing, there are two things here I've skipped. He said, "They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. He's continuing now. He said, the carnal mind is at enmity with God. Are you with me? That carnal disposition that carnal orientation. That was the problem with Nicodemus. He had a carnal mind and he was trying to understand the things of God. Jesus said, you must be born again. He said, hey, will I go back into my mother's womb and be born? That's the carnal mind. It's at It's programmed in such a way that it cannot align, cannot submit to the things of God. Anything Jesus says, he, say, he looks at it from the carnal perspective. The kind of mind is at enmity with God. Hallelujah. For God is not, for it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can it be. Jump now. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. This is counsel. This is the result of the permutation. That at the end of the day, in final analysis, we are not indebted to the flesh. That means you can say no to the flesh, nothing will have. The flesh say, make sure you slap, and you say No you are not owing the flesh so nothing will happen so we need to learn how to rebel against the flesh say therefore brethren we are debtors us not to the flesh to live after the flesh or if you live after the flesh you shall die but if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live now, He's trying to make you understand that uh, the flesh will not stop talking just because you have decided to yield to the Spirit of God. You can be on a great fast and lost will come. Lost will still be seeking attention. Say, Kai, wake up. Are you not seeing what is happening in this bus? Ah, hey. Hallelujah. But the Bible says the Spirit of God that you have yielded to is the one that will now paralyze the deeds of the body you paralyze it now every spiritual man must have that battle he's going the way of the spirit and the flesh is still talking i'm still here don't think i've left i'm around then through the spirit we will put to death the works of the body that's the current challenge if you are in that vehicle then you are you are heading to the right place somebody called and said hey I'm fasting, but I'm seeing ladies. I say you are in the right place. Oh my God, no problem. Keep going. The anointing of God will soon it will mortify the deeds of the body. That's how it happens. That's the the, the, the medicine that deals with the flesh. Just remember the Holy Ghost. He knows how to deal with the other excesses. And it will bring your entire system into alignment. Spirit, soul, and body. Now, this is where I want us to end. The permutation. The permutation ends here. Four to sixteen. Fourteen to sixteen is the end of... This is the result of the permutation. Are you with me? Fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. That's the first conclusion. Fifteen. Fifteen. Ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry abafat. I think I need to explain to us what is the spirit of adoption. Okay, let's forget that now. The spirit himself beareth witness in our spirits that we are children of God. Now, we have two things here. The permutation leads us to two points here. There is a difference between being a child of God and being a son of God. The Bible says that the spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit. Our spiritual senses have been activated. Giving us knowing from the spirit realm that we are of God. That's the portion of a child of God. But you see, you can be a child of God forever and never be a son. Because the mark of sonship is different from the mark of childhood. Childhood. The mark of childhood is that the spirit of God activates your spiritual senses and brings his witness upon your spiritual senses about your state. And because you have received the spirit of adoption, a possibility has been created, a valve opened, you have access to heaven and the spirit of adoption um, um, gives you, furnishes in you the sense of originality. You are not a proselyte. You are not a convert. You are a son. It infuses into you the fact that you have something with God. You have rights before God. And he makes you cry, Abba, Father my father you can call god your own because of the spirit of adoption the covenants of god are preserved in the spirit and so anybody that is a recipient of that covenant has received the spirit of the adoption of that covenant and he has the right to relate with god as if he was the original person that the covenant was activated with do you understand what i'm talking about and so through the spirit of adoption you can say my father you can call God your father. He can be personal to you, dear to you. And all of these are privileges of children. But the hallmark of sonship is that they that are led by the Spirit. They are what? The sonship. Now, all these things that I did and all these permutations I did was just to explain what Jesus meant by being born again. Because Jesus' definition for being born again or illustration is the wind. For the ble- wind bloweth where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof. You don't know where it's coming from and where it's going. So it's everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now Jesus' definition and illustration of one born of the Spirit was not an illustration of a child. It was an illustration of a son that has gained mastery in being led by the Spirit. Are you with me? Now that's the end of the permutation. God, through redemption, has made us children and he has activated our spiritual senses, giving us the spirit of adoption so that God is original to us. God is our God, is like our possession, our property. Are you with me? He's our God. But you will decide that through those spiritual senses, you come to a point where you decide. That the only thing you will live out upon the face of the earth is that which you were led to live out. So, that's He gives you the capacity, and then you, through compliance and desire for His kingdom, decide that you will operate in maturity as a son being led by the Spirit. Did you get that? Now, my own conclusion this one is my own conclusion. Let me read it from my script. My conclusion is this. Before the evening lecture. This is the premise upon which we can start my teaching. My teaching, I said, is in Genesis chapter 12. We will start the teaching this evening. But we have to conclude with my conclusion. I said, just like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Do you have any problem with that? You don't have a problem with that? Do you know what it means? Let me show you. Uh, Can we go to Proverbs? No. In March. We'll do that one in March. Let me read out my conclusion. Just like the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, The beginning of sonship is that point where we resolve to have no confidence in the flesh. Now, see, the Bible says that they that are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? The sonship. The opposition to being led by the Spirit of God is that you are operating in the flesh. The Bible says that we, we are the circumcision that worship the Father in spirit. We rejoice in Christ Jesus our Lord and we have no confidence in the flesh. So the beginning of sonship is that point where we get to in God when we have no more confidence in the flesh. It means that flesh is no longer an option. Let me give you my testimony before I sit down. You don't get to this point where you don't have confidence in the flesh just naturally. No kind man will yield to God that way. There is a string of dealings that God will bring in your life. That will bring you to a point where you see the futility of the flesh. And at that point, you can make a decision that I do not have confidence in you again. Then, what is left for you is to walk in the spirit. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And having no confidence in the flesh is the beginning of sonship. Did you get it? Now, this is my story. In the matter of intelligence, there are few people that are as intelligent as I am. In primary school, I jumped. I didn't jump those classes because I jumped. They, I was recommended for double promotion. So it's not as if I jumped them. I, I, jumped, I jumped like that. I jumped. Because you put me in my class and uh, the level is higher than the class. So then I recommend that, no, these guys should meet more challenges. So there are some classes in primary school that I didn't do. When I now started teaching in primary school, after I graduated from secondary school, and I now discovered that there were some textbooks I never used. Because I did not do that. Now, you see, the intelligence grew side by side with pride. That I'm the guy, you know, the best thing that happens to the world, that happened to the world. A luminary revealed in the galaxies of time. I went to Bible school like that, and I used those my cognitive skills to, and I was able to double as a a hot preacher with the tools of the flesh, intelligence, human wisdom. I doubled as a hot preacher, had imitations here and there, and I was making my own wave and creating my own universe. Preach myself for 15 minutes. Preach Jesus for 10 minutes. And I, I ask people to come give their lives to Christ. I don't know what they come to. Whether it's they gave their lives to me. Or they gave their lives to Christ. But they, most times they, they came and gave their life to something. I don't know. Continue like that for a long time. And then he came to the crossroads. The crossroads is that point where God decides that. He will judge what is going to stand between you and him. He doesn't start doing that initially. And for me, it was pride. And my pride was tied to my academic performance. I had had strange, spurious, cramming abilities. If if you have a textbook for the course, then I cannot fail it. it. If there are human beings in the class, then I'll be better than them. Except you bring robots from space and from Mars, no problem. But human beings in the class... I just believe no human beings, human beings. Human beings. All right. So I was so proud those days. I come see my classmates reading, and I say, You guys are cursed of the devil. See the way you read, and you don't, you can't pass this thing. Oh my God. I don't read. Because one day to the exam, I crammed the whole note. I allow you to do all your reading, I cram the note. There were times that the cramming ability was so intense that I could write the. of the handout where those things were lifted. And you know chemistry, there are structures, there are all those kind of stuff, and if you miss one, hydrogen, uh uh-huh. I mean, picture quality, mental capture. Picture quality. And we kept running like that. Flowing like that. And I... Since I felt I was intelligent, what I desired was to become a lecturer. And I put my plans in place as a human being. All these plans are in the flesh. Do you understand? Based on natural things I inherited from Adam. I, I now carved out a destiny part. Let me become a lecturer. With a view of coming to the lecture room with a notebook. Just come, just say, give them notes for my brain. Give them structures, everything. From, just give them notes. 100 level, give them news. Remedia, give them news. 400 level, give them. Give them. Masters. Oh, Jesus. So I had plans at a particular age to become a professor. And I wanted to major in a strange line in chemistry where we don't have lecturers in Nigeria. So that when you are coming, among lecturers, you are a terrorist. And you come without notebook, without a pen, no pencil, nothing. Just this is chemistry. That this man is chemistry. This is him. <laughs> no book, no pen, just chemistry. Hallelujah. And then the Lord now wanted to help the boy. You see, every man's flesh is tied to something. My own was tied to my academic pursuit. There are some people. Whose flesh is tied to that relationship. And God will not allow them to love. Love very well. Then he he will not break it. So for my own, he now decided to judge my academics. If I explain the details, God will be grieved. So I will not explain the details. I will just tell you the outcome. He will be grieved seriously. So because we have discussed this matter. That in discussing this case, this is where we end. Don't go beyond. So I know where he wants me to stop. When this thing now happened, my grace began to drop. I anointed it, it dropped. I prayed angrily, it dropped more. I, let me stop here and digress. You know, those of us that prayed for people to die, you know they don't die. Because some of them, some of those enemies have been placed, some of them. God allowed them to torment you so that you will look for him. So those ones won't die. Say die, die. That's when he will buy a new car and pour you dust. Fuck. because in order for god's dealings to be you see god's dealings in your life are captured within the context of your locality in order for it to be facilitated you allow the devil or pray through people to get to you in the areas of interest that will cut the backbone of the flesh those ones if you pray for them to die even in night prayer they will be prospering because god's hand gave them the permission to do what they are doing So, we have discovered now that human beings are not our problems. Because you don't know the one that God has empowered. But, but, there's a time when God can decide to put judgment in your lips to utter against human beings. Just like Paul uttered judgment against, what's his name, is it Elimas the sorcerer. And made him blind through judgment. God can quicken judgment on your lips. He doesn't do that every time. So if, he, if in your church they are dying, killing people every day, it's not the accurate position of God. God has been obscured in that church. I know I offended you, but I'm just trying to raise a generation of people that are looking for God. God has been obscured because God is not judgment. God is love, but God is not judgment. Even though he judges, his judgment comes out of love, even in a way that we cannot understand. Are you with me? But He judges. And he can put that judgment upon your lips to execute. But he doesn't do it every day. So that kind of prayer should not be prayed every day. It should be prayed when the Holy Ghost stirs us up along those lines. God can stir us up like that for three weeks. Then he moves the agenda. It's the only the Holy Spirit that can administer accurate prayer at every point in time. Because the Bible says that he prays perpetually according to the will of God. So we have to depend on him to execute. Prayer. Now the grace fell and fell and fell and fell to a very lowly state. And as it fell, I died. Because I felt that in order for me to be able to preach, I need grace. To tell you, me too, you know. I'm a scholar. Scholastic man. I, while I did academic work, I, I was the best, you know. So I have proof. So you should believe me. Hallelujah. God now. Dealt with that. A time came and I said, "Okay." In fact, I died. See, the thing is, I died. You know what killed me finally? They now gave me carryover. Hey, I was now wondering what kind of goggles I will wear to attend carryover. Well, is it like this you will sit or like this? <laughs> hey. In the end there. They gave me extra year. So that one now, I, that is... It took me 30 days of prayer to be able to stand up eh, and go and pay my school fees. So it, I came to a point where I lost confidence. In what? You will not, you will not get to there by decision. You will be conquered to get there. And that's how the sonship begins. The only pathway that will be left will be the spirit path. I want to show you how to walk on that path this evening. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That thing that God is killing in your life, allow it die. Let it die. Sister, let that thing die. Just let it die. And then the pathway will open up. That's the pathway of sons. In Jesus' name. Can we pray together this morning? The prayer is not, too, is not a very strange prayer. In, in God's dealings with. You see, when that man died, that's when I died, though, that man, me. I died that time. Do you know the proof of death is when your will no longer interferes, interferes with the will of God? That's the proof of death. So, my wife, you are seeing today, was not my choice. It was God's will. Because he came to a point where I did not have confidence in the flesh. So, I now allow God's will to prevail. And I like God's will. Now, over time, I can give you a testimony. In my life, oh, the mistakes are not many. There's no human being. Can't live without mistakes. We understand that because the flesh is still there. But the mistakes are not many. Are you with me? In family life, in relating with people, ministry structure, ministry wisdom, everything came out of God. The way we operate in this ministry was not the way we were taught to operate. This evolved from leadings that came from God. And this is not the end. Nations will be blessed. People from far and near will be influenced by the voice of God that has been committed to our heart and to our mouth. And the scope becomes bigger and bigger by the day. Because as many as are led... The spirit of God They are the sons of God Can you allow that which God is killing To die Allow that pride to die Allow the commitment To self-centeredness to give way So that God Will step into the terrain And reign And a new day will come upon you A new day will be born among you It is the spirit that quickened the flesh, profits nothing. The words that I
5: speak unto you
0: there are spirit and there are life. This is what he wants to do in your life to make your life beautiful. It doesn't matter what you call your challenge right now. It doesn't matter what you call your struggle, your problem. The way is the path of sons. Just keep walking in it. The time will come where that your body will be lifted up. That your predicament will be snuffed out. Something beyond your imagining take effect and find expression for the thoughts that God has concerning you are thoughts of good and not of evil to give you a future a hope and an expected end many more people must learn how to navigate in the pathways of the spirit many more people in our generation must know how to depend upon our spiritual senses As we yield to God to spare us to the place that he wants us to be. And in that time, a small one will become as strong as David. In that time, the mighty among them will fight with the strength of an angel of God. God will make out of us more than mortal men. For just like the superman is Christ and the superpower is the Holy Ghost, the super people are the members of the body of Christ. And when the super of God comes upon your natural, it takes you beyond anything that your lineage can identify. Give us the grace to pick up the frequencies of your spirit to understand your sickness and your signs and to set our feet in the same potters and places where our ancestors that found favor with you set them. a prophet doesn't have his origin with man. But holy men of old speak as they were carried in the spirit. Thank you, Father.
5: And let's appreciate him one more time. Give him praise. Let's be refreshing in his presence. The Bible says shall have a sin at up when the time so refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The presence of the Lord filtered this place. And that's all we have this refreshing words. Have his word coming out with grace. Worship His name, worship his name, and adore him. Thank you, Jesus 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 told his disciples said are ye for these words that you've heard and the things that you have seen you see what he told them and what he had them see was not everywhere it was not common see, so what we're hearing here what we're being taught here is not everywhere on the street hallelujah. It's not common. It's not everywhere. Lift up your voice one more time and then bless God. Giving praise. Blessing for the vessel that he passed through to bless us and giving glory for having you to be among the people and the generation which is releasing his grace and doing what he's doing now. Giving praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. You see, by the grace of God, some of us have been privileged to stay on the people that talks, preach like this. Talk about flesh, talk about the life, the spirit life. But you discover that anywhere flesh is being preached flesh manifest the most. Hallelujah. The reason is because for you to actually live in the spirit and have the life of spirit expressed in the members of your body, it takes seriousness, it takes commitment, it takes devotion, it takes dedication to Jesus, not to church activities. And that is what we don't want to do. We don't take responsibility. What we do is that when we see the grace of God upon somebody, somebody who has submitted to the dealings of the Spirit, and has grown, and the beauty of God is beginning to come out of his life, we want to be like him. And that is when you see people starting dressing like starting in a certain way, dressing like the men of God, talking like them, trying to do things like them. Hallelujah. It is flesh itself. That's what we call emulation is flesh itself is what you call emulation you don't take responsibility but you are behaving as though you too you are strong in the spirit you have grown in the realm of the spirit i want us to ask for grace to take responsibility it's not just enough that this kind of thing is being released and we're happy we thank god that we're in the right place good words are being released spirit life is being and things like that it's not just enough if you're not careful, after two weeks they will check your life and discover that you go flat again because there's no commitment, there's no dedication. You didn't continue in the hunger and then the test, And then growth is 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 is, 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 is 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 tempered with. Ask for grace. Grace. That after here, the way your heart is being, you know, touched now. The kind of things that is popping up in your heart. How your heart is warmed now. How it's bubbling inside now. Even after here, it will continue like that. So that you can press into God to touch God. So that you can submit your life under the dealings of the Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I don't know whether the offering basket should go around. We'll come here back here by 4 o'clock. And the accessory prayer starts by 4 o'clock. If you can't, please go home and at your own leisure time. Between now and that, 4. Take time to meditate over what you have received. Take time on your own and brood over what you have received again and see what God will do in the name of Jesus. Let's stand to our feet as we close the meeting.